Hey, everybody, it's Rob with Local Tri-Vibe. I have Drew Satori with me tonight, and uh, <clears throat> we're talking a little bit about some, some commuting. Um, Drew, I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Looking forward to this. <laughs> I don't know what there is to look forward to, but I, I like the enthusiasm. Um, so my understanding is you're a triathlete. I am. Uh, multiple um, half Ironmans and a couple full distance and uh, anything else that sounds like fun. Nice, nice. And so listen, I, I've never met you in person. I've followed some of your posts. I've crossed paths with you online. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, so if they haven't, um, it is what it is. You have a unique perspective and an authentic voice. That's what has drawn me to you. You don't seem to give a damn about uh, being accepted, but everybody accepts you for that. You know what I mean? I, all too well. That, it's funny you say that because it's really been my MO throughout my life in kind of everything I do. Uh, I don't really try to follow the crowd. I prefer to do my own thing. Well, um, there's one post in particular. It might have even been one comment. No, it might have been a post. And we're here to talk about commuting tonight, so I won't get into too much about triathlete stuff. Um, maybe if I'm lucky enough, I'll get you at another time to talk to you about that. But you wrote a post that I absolutely love um, from a cyclist and triathlete perspective. You said, you know, people, settle down. Everybody in their car is not trying to hit you. They're not going out of their way. Settle down. Don't, I think you said don't take everything personal. And I was like, you're right. I mean, I, I just I can't stand it when somebody goes by you and everybody in the in – the, uh, I call it the Peloton, but in the in the group that I'm riding and flipping them off and settle down, guys, just settle down. So, tell me about your how did you get into commuting and how did that all all go from you know it seems like you've liked bikes for a long time. Well, so I actually was um, I bicycle commuted uh, to college over 30 years ago, oh, and wow. I loved it. But at the time, and I, I I was still in Atlanta at the point, and I was going to school in downtown Atlanta. And my commute then was about 12 miles uh, each way. Right. And I loved it. But that was 30 years ago, and Atlanta traffic got a little crazy. Mm-hmm. But even more to the point, I got married and had kids. Sure. And when the kids were young, I stopped riding for a while. Right. Uh, I, I just, you know, I let, I let the irrational fear uh, drive a decision that ultimately led me to a bad place in that I wasn't riding my bike. I was getting heavy. Uh, I didn't have the stress outlet. Mm-hmm. And I became just another car driver. And what sure. I found was all of those things that we get upset with car drivers, it, it's a product. It's a result. It's not, they're not out there to get us. They're right. just dealing with their own demons. And so when I got back into riding bikes and, and racing bikes and triathlon and all of the other things, I was out doing the training rides, but I was still essentially a car person. And somewhere along the way, I had an epiphany that, why am I in this car? I need more hours to train. I've got a 12-mile commute. Why don't I get out of the car? It's a 40-minute drive. It's a 30-minute drive. It's a 40-minute bike ride. Right. And so I sat down with my wife and said, this is what I want to do. And she said, well, okay, Um, be safe. 
And about four months into it, she looked at me and she said, you know what? I'm not even worried about being safe anymore because you're a better person. Wow. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Well, you know, you take the stress out. Sure, no. So, you know, I, what I'm finding is there are similar, um, there's a similar backstory with so many people. And, and if you went to college 30 years ago, you and I are very close. I just turned 50 um, six months ago. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I got back on a bike, started riding. But um, so are you telling me your commute right now is um, 12 miles? 12 miles each way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm commuting 10 miles each way. And, um, and you know, it's just uh, I, it doesn't take me that much longer to get to work when all is said and done. It really doesn't. People are amazed. But I'm like, I'm not fighting traffic. It just has – I'm not in the same traffic you guys were in, so it's kind of nice. But um, so what do you ride, and, and do you ride your road bike, or how many bikes do you have? <laughs> well, I'm a poster child for N plus one. Uh, I have uh, seven bicycles. Oh, my gosh. That's a problem. You need an intervention, I think. No, I just love to ride. And I, want, I wanted the right tools for each task. And so um, if it's a non-training day where I am not going to get in, try and get in a specific workout, mm-hmm. I will actually ride um, – what I, I what is I loosely describe as my gravel bike, mm-hmm. but it's uh, it is a steel frame mm-hmm. uh, road bike geometry, more sure. of a touring geometry. Sure. But uh, I'm running a very wide gravel handlebars on it, mm-hmm. and I'm running a uh, 700 centimeter wheel, but I have a 55 millimeter wide tire. Oh wow. So if you think about it, the size of that, that's actually a 225 that you would run on a mountain bike. Right. Uh, And I love it because I can go anywhere. There's nothing that it can't handle. Weather conditions are irrelevant. And so it gives me an enormous flexibility both route-wise and comfort. So how long have you been commuting? I am at three years now, and I'm – I shoot for three days a week, uh, and normally I am three to four, um, and, and I love it. So you're riding all year long now? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I long ago embraced the idea that there's no such thing as uh, bad cycling weather, just bad gear. Nice. Right. I like I, I, I love it. Yeah, I will say this, though. That's an investment that dwarfs the bikes. Right. So, um, so t- what is you? What is how? How do they embrace you at work? Is this a? I think you have your own firm. I think from what I can gather. Yeah, I am. I am a, the owner of a software company, and um, we don't see customers very often. But when we do, um, they all know that I'm. I, I work out and I try to be very fit. And I encourage all of my staff to do the same. So the yeah. office has showers, and nice. anybody can ride in. Um, and even to the point where we have a warehouse where we have a small fleet of um, bicycles that are for the staff to use, to do whatever and take off at lunch if they want to, whatever. Cool. Are they uh, they're the company-owned bikes or they're – 
They are. They are company owned. Um, uh, almost all road hybrids. Oh, cool. Very cool. So here's the funny thing, because I didn't know what I was getting into. So I've, like I said, maybe a month or two or whatever, and um, I have found that there's so much crap on the side of the roads. And I do ride. I know that everybody says, you know, you need to ride and you need to own the road. You have a right to be there. I am riding through uh, rush hour traffic. So I, I'm, I take up as little space as possible, but I ride confidently and uh, communicate. I over-communicate, you know what I mean, on the road, hand signals, eye signals, you know, head nods, whatever. But um, I do ride my mountain bike in, and I've found that because I haven't ridden that. And, and it's a 20-year-old, 20-year-old Schwinn Moab, probably older than 20. Actually, it's probably 25 years old now. But um, I freaking love it because I spend all my time on my road bike. All of a sudden now, I get to ride my mountain bike again. And it's, um, it's kind of cool. You know, it just gives you a different geometry, different workout. Um, but I also ride it, I'm not going to lie, because there is so much junk and crap on the side of the road. I'm sure my tires would be slit if I was on my road bike. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, without question. I mean, that's, that was one of the reasons why I tend to lean towards my gravel bike. It can just handle whatever. I know that there's garbage over there. Yeah. By the way, the support that I get from my wife is pretty um, – it's robust because she works for – um, the transit authority locally, and one of her jobs is to promote alternative methods of transportation. So I get bike lights. I get all kinds of cool stuff to, um, you know, to be able to augment my safety. On See, the road. now that's awesome because I mean, like I said, the gear and, and the gear is the investment, right? Yeah. So I and actually, you know, I, I, I watch and I look for other people who have real lives, not like tree hugging don't have any kids, like real people who are doing real things. So I've actually started um, down, uh, grocery shopping twice a week, and um, one of the times I go, I get my, um, my – I'm obnoxious. I wear my Iron Man um, uh, backpack, my full, full-on full Iron Man, <laughs> uh, go there and then uh, and fill up my backpack with groceries and then ride to and from. It's only like two miles, so I'm thinking, why am I driving again? It just, this doesn't make sense, you know what I mean, just to drive two miles. Oh pick up some groceries so. so i even went so far as i took uh my old my kid's old um child trailer uh-huh. a two-person two-seat child trailer right and on. i gutted it and rebuilt it with uh, a mount for a cooler in it and then put some vertical bag spot bag holders in it so that i can take it and go grocery shopping in it and throw all of my uh cold goods in the cooler that's and then use that to haul everything. Oh, I love it. I love it. And you know what? I, I cheat off the best people. So done. I will find one online, something that somebody's throwing out or something, and I will rebuild it. That's brilliant because I've been using a backpack, and I can only – I have to make two or three trips a week just because I can't buy them all. But I like that idea. That's brilliant. So Well, and, and I love it. The, the other reason I really love it is that with the flag in it, um, mm-hmm. it's deceptive because – when people see a trailer like that on the road, they assume children and behave differently. Yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. I love it. And listen, the psychology behind it is brilliant, by the way. So, um, but you're right. You, you couldn't have said it more succinctly. And what I love about this is you can't fake that language. Somebody who doesn't do this can't fake what you just said. People behave differently. You're, they're not buzzing you. They're not seeing how close they can get. They're not, they're not pissed off at you, so um, I love it. So I'm going to consider that uh, my tip for, the, uh, for myself 
tell me about the road. Like when I'm going to work, I've got the roads are not friendly around here for commuters. They're just not. God bless everything else that's going on progressively in Virginia Beach and Hampton Roads, but they're not friendly for bikers. And I tell people my commute is not for the faint of heart. Like I have to go over three overpasses where cars are exiting and entering the highway. How do you, because there are some times that, that it's just very difficult to, to be a cyclist and commute. You know what I mean? Like the rules of the road kind of thing. Well, and I actually, I, I'm in the same boat. I've got a very difficult stretch of roads that mm-hmm. I can't recommend to people who have not got a lot of confidence on the bike. And right. it's the same reason. Um, the primary route for me um, involves a um, two-lane road mm-hmm. with no shoulder to, to speak of Ouch. and 55-mile-an-hour speed limits. Mm, that's brutal. Uh, and it's, I mean, it's only three miles, and sure. it's not too bad. And then, depending on the weather, I ha- at that point, I have an option. Uh, I can drop down into a multi-use greenway system that we have mm-hmm. that will let me cover about three miles of my commute in a very, very nice multi-use facility, but it's in 100-year floodplain. Oh, so well. if we get serious rains... And and we do in Atlanta. Uh, if we get any serious rain, rains, it's wet, and there are sections of it that are wood, and it wooden and in the shade. So it's treacherous on foot, sure. even if it's just damp. So if it's wet, I don't use that route, and I'll right. stay on the road, which now means I'm I'm another three miles on this that Ritz that same two-lane road. Now, at that point, it does drop to 45, which mm-hmm. is better. But at the same time, it's also a 322-feet climb. Ooh. That's <laughs> yeah, I have no, by the way, I only have overpasses. My, my total, I think my total elevation is like 175 feet. So I'm, I'm lucky in that respect um, going to work. And I, it, but if you have a three-mile stretch of, of 55, that means there's no lights on that then, no street lights or uh, stoplights. I passed through four, four total stoplights in my entire commute. Do you, um, do you find that if you, if you uh, are they timed, like can you hit them the right way if, if you're going the right speed? Or? No, no. <laughs> no, no. Atlanta, but I'm in a northern suburb of Atlanta, and uh, Atlanta is currently ranked the worst traffic, worst driving and worst traffic in the United States and um, we've earned it Uh, (laughs) because you're um, essentially most of my drive. I'm cohabitating the roads with uh, 6,000 pound SUVs. Wow. And the only grace saving grace for me is that I'm in a Northern suburb and my commute to work is against the grain of traffic and I commute home before traffic spins up. Gotcha. Well, I, um, I, I do a couple of things. I'm sure some, it annoys some people, but I'm, uh, by the same token, it also gives me visibility in the way that your flag and your trailer does. Um, I ride for an organization called Ainsley's Angels. I do tries for them and run and push for them. But uh, I did a 100-mile bike ride towing um, uh, special needs kids in a trailer behind me. And just to just promote the event I had, I know it's for Tour de Cure, I duct taped my helmet tank 
So, and I said I would just do it for the event. I love it. I can't take the duct tape off. So now I have a pink helmet, and um, it's just one more layer of visibility. But, um, you know, I, I, I know that, you know, there's going to always be some redneck. God bless them. They're not all anti-whatever, but um, somebody will give me crap for it. I'm okay with that because it's getting your attention. You know what I mean? So any way I can well, do that. Yeah, and that's like I, I, you know, I've got other cyclists that I ride with, and they get all upset when somebody blows their horn at them. And or yells out the window at him. And my my reminder to them is that, hey, look at the upside rather than get upset. They saw you. Right, right. And, and yeah. yeah, they may be upset, but they see you. They're not going to hit you. Right. I, and but but you know what though, I've honestly find that if you focus on that, you get more of it. I am knock on wood i'm a knock on wood by the way when i say this but getting on um get, going over these overpasses where cars are coming off the highway at 45 50 miles an hour trying to merge into traffic and i'm trying to i so over communicate there's no room for ambiguity I, they know what i'm doing they know my intentions i'm i'm letting them know i'm looking i'm signaling and um i find that people are super appreciative because honestly a lot of cyclists have this arrogance about them. I'm like, come on, guys, you're making it bad for all of us when you do stupid stuff. Just let them know oh. what you're doing and, and let them, I, you know, share the road. It works both ways, by the way. We've got to share the road both ways, you know. Well, and I completely agree. And, and to the point where eye, eye contact and communication, mm-hmm. uh, just they make everything better. Yeah. You know, even a simple thank you wave. It's amazing oh, yeah. the difference it makes. <laughs> My uh, so I, I love that you say that. I've never ever ever. I mean, I hear it with cars. Like you gonna you let somebody in? Can I get a wave at least? So as a cyclist, I have it's. I just like my little shaka symbol. I've surfed in the past. I'm not a very good surfer, but they little have a little hang ten sign. You know what I mean? Just give them a little wave. Oh yeah, and, and I do it all the time. Thumb up and pick you down. Right, they love it. They're like, all right, and you know they're in it with me, and I I, uh, I just think that. And by the way, I'm I'm way more communicating here than when I'm on a road bike. I road bike in the country. Like when I'm doing my training rides, I'll go 100 miles and see three cars. Here I go 100 feet and I've seen 100 cars. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I wouldn't even think of riding my road bike on the roads. They're just not they're just not feasible to get the miles without the stoppage in that I can ride in on these country roads that are just in the other direction. So oh yeah. Uh, so tell me this, because I'm, I'm struggling with this. There's some areas that get super, super sketchy. And um, I've timed, I don't time the lights, but the traffic goes by me to where I have, uh, you know, two or 300 yards of zero traffic. Um, at that point, the intersection up ahead is just horrendous. It's just, it's a mess. So I jump the curb, jump the median, and then go over on the sidewalk on the other side just to avoid that. I don't know what else to do that's safer than that. You know what I mean? And there's well, nobody really telling me what to do, you know? So this goes back, and, and this will actually go back to uh, things I learned, you know, three decades ago. Um, because while I was doing all of my bicycle commuting at that point in time and going to college, I did a summer internship in um, New York City. Mm-hmm. And while I was there... I didn't have much in the way of, of other stuff going on, and it was I was working in the evenings, so I had a lot of free time during the days, and I took a day job as a bike messenger. Oh, cool. And so I 
learned more in a 12-week span of riding and traffic than I have learned in the subsequent 20 years. Mm-hmm. But the lesson, the biggest lesson I, I came away with what, from there was if there is an open space, you take it. Because mm-hmm. on a bike, we are safer when we are moving than when we are sitting still. Because when we sit still in a line of traffic, we're invisible. Interesting. And, and you know, we can have all the lights in the world. But if we're sitting there waiting in a line of traffic for a light, we're invisible. And so I frequently, and I don't remember if uh, Virginia is uh, a three-foot wall state. But Georgia is. is. And Mm -hmm. in Georgia, the three-foot law is written very specifically, but it uses very standard language that's common to most of them across the country, in that a car must give us three feet. However, we do not owe a car three feet. And when you look at the laws, we also do have the right to use any shoulder as a bike lane. Um, even if it's not marked as such, we are allowed to ride on the shoulders, even though a car cannot. So if there's, eight, uh, but if there's 8 to 12 inches of shoulder over there, I'll ride in it and filter to the front of a line of traffic. So I read, and, I read something that you wrote about that, though. There was a discussion a couple of weeks ago about filtering to the front, when and how, and, and that has actually... I've used some of that. So sometimes I filter to the front and sometimes I don't, depending on the situation where I used to always filter sometimes uh, based on that thread. I don't. That, okay. Mm-hmm. Correct. Because that's what I was about to say. Is that, and what I do is I do it based upon what's on the far side of the intersection. Mm-hmm. If I know that I do not have shoulder or space on the far side of the intersection, mm-hmm. there is no filtering because I don't want to be on the front and immediately having to jump into that lane because right. that is a recipe for disaster yep. all the way around. Yep. So, uh-huh. uh, so, so fair enough. So I'm going to, um, you know what I really want to do? I want to call the city, not as an antagonist, but as a, um, but as a, uh, I don't know, somebody who's, who actually is using the system, right? So, I want to have an interview with them, and then I want to ride with them. Maybe we'll drive the route at first and then ride with them and say, hey, ride with me to work. Show me – let me show you what I'm seeing here. You know what I mean? I just want to, I want to be a part of that conversation because a lot of people want to, but I'm telling you, it's sketchy as hell going to work, not for the faint of heart, and, and I think it would deter a lot of people, but I think it would open their eyes. I don't think the people who are making these laws and making their, the roads – are people who actually use them. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I'm blessed in that this city, the, 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 actually the, the two cities that I ride through, mm-hmm. um, are beginning to get it to the point where one of them has actually established a uh, bicycle and car driver um, focus group, wow. uh, which is a six-member group of residents who three cyclists, three three drivers, um, and then they have a um, a senior sergeant on the police force as mm-hmm. he's sitting as the liaison from the the police force, and then the city planning director 
is also on this committee. So they they have a, a constant, you know, there's a constant form of communication that we actually have. They've actually set up a uh, project management group so that, you know, this isn't where we have to have meetings every week. It's a constant communication uh, to the point where we've actually been able to work with the city to say, okay, these are designated as bike routes, but they're just not safe. Can we move are them you, over here? Are you, part of that, are you a part of that group? I am. Oh, wow. That's cool. So uh, I'm very active on the advocacy side. No, I love it. Are you? Is there any? Um, when we're done, maybe you can send me a link to that. I'd love or, or any information you have, because I don't know that they have that here, at least in Virginia Beach. Because um, they, they may or they may not. What you can do is what I found is if you reach to the city's uh, communications director, mm-hmm. and that one you'll be able to find on pretty much anybody's any city's website. Their communications sure. director will be able to direct you to the right people. Uh, they almost certainly have a bike liaison, a designated bike liaison, who is already aware of the situations, mm-hmm. uh, especially if they're building infrastructure anywhere. Right. And that's always important. But the other, the other thing we forget is we actually have some really great advocacy groups around the country. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the League of American Bicyclists is – probably the biggest and most powerful of our advocacy groups mm-hmm. in terms of commuting. There's lots of people out there who are putting together bike trails and all of that. That's, those advocacy groups are great. But when we're talking about commuters and using our bikes as transportation, the league is really the one that's directing it. Okay. Very cool. Um, so, I want to uh, I want to make sure that I, I respect your time. Um, I hope this isn't the last time we have a conversation about it, but I wanted to start my own conversation. I've never really actually – I'm just kind of out there doing my own thing. I, I don't – I commute. I don't see a single other commuter on my way to or from work. I mean, it's 10 miles, you know, one way, but I just don't see – people aren't doing it around here to the degree now. And other parts of other cities, they're doing it con- – considerably just not the route that I'm taking apparently so um, but certainly you know what what are your thoughts for someone to just get started you know what do you what's the mindset how do you get there you know it's I guess it's like triathlon it's like anything else but what what kind of advice do you give to somebody who's considering it um, the first if you're consider when people are first considering commuting the first piece of advice I have for them is get comfortable riding with traffic uh, Find another person who's had some experience on the roads in traffic and get comfortable, even if it's on, a, on just weekend rides, riding in, in busier areas rather than avoiding the traffic because you need to learn how to be comfortable with cars around you. Once you've gotten to that point, the actual act of commuting becomes very natural. Right. Um, but then the big, the other thing is, uh, you know, the questions and dealing with questions of how do I deal with being sweaty at the other end? How do I deal with clothes? And, I, you know, because I don't want to work, uh, wear my spandex in and be in spandex while I'm working. Right. And those are, those are challenges that, you know, everybody who wants to bike commute is going to face. Do you want to stay in your sweaty clothes? Do you want to change? Um, how do you want to handle that? You know, we don't all have the luxury of a shower. Right. And so how do you handle that? And 
you know, for a long time, I did, did it without the luxury of a shower myself. And, you know, baby wipes. Yeah, sounds, and by the, sounds, I, am, um, I am in that exact scenario. Not only am I, um, I'm, as soon as I get into work and get checked in, I'm in front of people all day long, and I was super concerned, and I told my coworkers, I said, listen, if I'm kicking, you need to let me know. But what I found, and it's been a hot summer too, so what I found is <clears throat> when I go in, I get out of my stuff immediately, and sometimes I'm soaking wet. I'm like, good Lord. So I have a little, mm-hmm. little towel. I dry off, and you're right, baby wipes. Nobody has complained a bit. I change my socks. I get out of everything. I've got a set, uh, an area in the back of the warehouse where I can get my bike set up. I put my, hang my clothes on it. They dry out. But I'm telling you, if you get that sweat off of you, I have no shower and I have no issues with interacting with customers and all day long. And I'm in a sales None capacity. whatsoever. Yeah. yeah. And, and as I say, you know, it, it's you know, baby wipes. They're simple, clean, cheap, yeah. and they work, they work super well. <laughs> um, you know, you, you keep a change of clothes there, some fresh deodorant and some baby wipes, and really that's all you need. Yep. And I, I uh, as a triathlete, I think of it as T1 and T2. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've oh, yes. At the beginning and the end of the day, and I treat it exactly like a triathlon. I go through that same mental checklist. What do I mm-hmm. need? What do I have to go through? And, and um, yeah, so it, it works. For me, not having a shower, I was concerned about it. It's a non-issue. It's a non-issue yeah. if you put a non-issue. It's an issue if you make it an issue. There's a, there's a solution for everything and a thousand reasons not to uh, commute by bike if you don't want to commute by bike. But if you do, you'll find a way, you know. You'll find a way. And, um, you know, one of the things that you might do and, and that has been a very effective here is that uh, there is a now a Facebook group that is a Bike Commuters of Atlanta Facebook group. Oh, wow. And it's where a large quantity of area uh, bike commuters are communicating day in and day out about how they're tackling their commute and some of the challenges they face. Uh, But even to the point of saying, okay, hey, guys, avoid this road right now because this is under construction or they've got potholes all the way down the right-hand side. Right. I love it. And – and so that has been very effective, and it was interesting because it's only been up for about two years now, mm-hmm. and they're up to about 6,000 members. Wow, that's insane. That's crazy. But I love it because it, the more it's the, – the, somebody – I keep saying it. Somebody's got to start the conversation. It has to keep going. It, it's got to get – it's got to start somewhere. So mm-hmm. very cool. Well, Drew, I appreciate your time tonight, and um, – give me personally some insight into what I can do grocery store wise. Um, and, and, uh, I really need to dive into the, to the, to the law. So I know what I have as a right and what I don't, but it really comes down to communication. So, but I appreciate your time. I'm going to, I'm going to cut you loose, but certainly, um, would like to continue the conversation and, uh, and keep crossing paths with you. Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, as always, the, you know, the most important part to all of it for me and is the one thing I want to remind everybody, <laughs> keep having fun. When riding a bike isn't fun anymore, don't do it. I love it. I love it. I'm still jumping curbs, by the way. That's what I also love my uh, mountain bike because I can jump curbs and, and uh, get a, do some stuff. I know you're, you're like Peter Sagan on the bike. You can do wheelies and stuff. I'm not quite there, but... Um, <laughs> 
Hey, come yeah, on, I do Alex. Like that's it. what roundabouts are for. <laughs> yeah, no, I do like I do like my mountain bike because I'm a little rougher on it than I would be on my road bike. But um, well, listen, thank you so much for your time. You've been very generous, and uh, and I look forward to talking to you again. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Be safe out there. You too. All right.